Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, has parity been any more existence in the NFL than it is right now? Twelve three and three teams, a litany of two and four teams, a bunch of four and two teams, and uh, a power imbalance in the AFC potentially between the Jets who are four and two, and then you have the Broncos who are two and four. What do you make of our Week Seven reflections coming through? to the end of uh, almost in the middle of the season here, which is sad to say out loud. No, it's weird. We're definitely a a solid third of the way through coming up on the halfway point of the season. Um, And uh, at this point, it's not week one, week two craziness. Um, These are, these are real trends. The, uh, the New York giants have a ceiling on what they're capable of, but they're not to be slept on. Uh, The jets are, are, are up and down, but mostly up. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a, a year for, you said it, parody. Um, there's a lot of turnover in the league this year. Yeah, no question. I mean, could anybody uh, like put money on that New York Jets Green Bay Packers game? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> did, I don't know who you picked last week. I, I'm not willing to go, go back and listen either, but I'm going to assume it was Green Bay. For for the right reason. No, I and... I think I did pick Green Bay out of practicality. Um, yeah. I did take the Giants in my pickums that week because it's a London game, and then that's just those are crazy, crazy games. Um, but man, the, the 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 every week that goes by that the Packers don't look more like Aaron Rodgers Packers, uh, the more I have to wonder if they're it's just not their year. It's still early. Um, what year did they start like one and three and then won like, what, like 13 games in a row, 12 games in a row? You mean the, like the year that he said, relax that one? Um, <laughs> the relax. I, 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 don't, I don't think that was a good, uh, quote of it, but I, I mean, it's been a while that that's, uh, gosh, that's gotta be five years ago, at least. Panic in Denver too. I mean, we, before we got on there, I briefly asked you, what did you think? What is one hundred four three the fan, the definitive Denver radio station, the fan. That's why it's called. It's the fan one, just that. Um, what they were reporting on with Russell Wilson and sort of like their take on it, and your basically your your response was, it's it's <laughs> just all bad. Um, you know, the the discussions right now in Denver is how much blame to assign to who, because the new head coach is struggling. Russell Wilson is really struggling. Um, you've got a first-round draft pick wide receiver, Jerry Judy, who is giving up on any route where he doesn't think the ball is coming his way. And then, of course, the two running backs they started the season with were just giving the ball away. Um, so it's hard to put their blame on on uh, one person. But uh, But the consensus is, at this point, that Russell Wilson really should shoulder the majority of it. Um, and I can't really argue with it. It's, it's bad. Um, you know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is uh, having a tough time as a first-year head coach. He's making a lot of bad decisions, a lot of mistakes in game management, clock management. Um, at the same time, and, and they're the most penalized team in the league, which definitely falls on coaching. That's always a coaching issue. Um, but... Uh, He's also scheming wide open layups for Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson isn't isn't taking advantage. Um, 
so it's not all Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, and the one thing that I've already mentioned that they really could easily fix, in my opinion, they're not they're not doing it. They they just made Melvin Gordon their starting tailback this week. Um, it's 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 just crazy. Um, so it's it's just uh, it's almost dizzying right now how much uh, the Broncos have to lament and to. Uh, place blame on so it's uh yeah who who knows where this is gonna go or how it's gonna end did anybody call and see cj anderson is available <laughs> that would be great <laughs> <laughs> just saying or julius thomas maybe he can come back uh eric decker might be out there somewhere on the you know the free agency market i'm just saying man i think there's potential to bring the boys back you know well and that that's pretty much all they have <clears throat> available to them they can't trade for anyone because they've got nothing to trade with um they, they've got you know practically zero draft capital nothing nothing worth uh trading for anyone that's going to make an impact um i have heard that uh making melvin gordon the starter is to increase his draft ca- uh you know draft capital uh, or, or sorry trade trade value increase his trade value and uh it's just i think that's that's beating a dead horse. Anyone paying attention can see what Melvin Gordon's issues are and what kind of uh, energy he's bringing to the sideline right now. I can't imagine anybody wants him on their team. So, I mean, I can't think of one team that would say, oh, Melvin Gordon, he's going to make us better. Um, <clears throat> or let alone a team that has something that Denver wants. So it's just, uh, it's not looking good. It's a grim situation in Denver. I was watching um, ESPN this morning. Anytime you're on ESPN at 6 o'clock in the morning, you're, being, you're going to the featured stories, you know it's bad. Um, <laughs> and, it, and they asked, is Russell Wilson trade one of the worst in the last 10 years? It's a little too early to call one of the worst in the last 10 years. But i got to tell you, I've seen those Subway commercials. I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so based on the Subway commercials alone, it's bad. Here's the other thing: a lot of people don't, don't really haven't really talked about. Maybe they are, and this has been overshadowed by a lot of it. A lot of this, the, the poor performance, Russell Wilson. His his personality's been really put on blast since he's gone to to Denver. And there's so many different reports about him having his teammates talk to his business representative or his agent before they talk to him. And like, he just the whole thing doesn't really paint him in a good picture. He just comes off as kind of like a like a douchebag, kind of. As a yeah, person, it is, you know? and 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 you know, I I can't disagree with that. What what I tend what <clears throat> tends to come to mind for me when I when I hear all this negativity about him as a person, and, and none of it's wrong. It's just that you know, we're talking about a guy who's corny and awkward and a little off putting, maybe maybe too distant from his teammates to be a good uh, leader. But uh, when you put that in the context of you know, I don't think anybody's come forth with allegations of sexual misconduct towards him. Um, you know, I mean, he's not mm-hmm. what I, I can't call him a bad guy. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to like judge like him. I don't want to judge him for the person that he is. But yeah. uh, but I do see how the you know, what kind of person he is. It's an easy target when he's not being successful on the field. Um, 
because those things are easy to link. You know what I mean? If sure. if if a if a wide receiver needs to schedule time to talk with you instead of having a direct line to you at any time of day, um, you know what I mean? It just it just doesn't uh, doesn't fit with what we picture as mm-hmm. a, a winning team and the the type of relationships that quarterbacks need to have with their entire team, let alone the uh, wide receiver core. So. No question. Yeah, it's a it's a strange situation for for Russ and uh, the whole team seems pretty distant, man. Two and four. I mean, you're kind of in the crossroads. It's a pretty pretty deep AFC, and there's teams better than we honestly thought they would be. It's pretty early, but uh, there's teams making headway, winning games they shouldn't, and that's going to mean a big deal at the end of the season. So right, and we yeah. I mean, we knew that the that the AFC West has a ton of talent in it. And we knew that that at the end of the season there'd have to be somebody on top, there'd have to be somebody on bottom. Um, but I don't think anybody expected, uh, you know, what, two or three teams with losing records in the AFC West. So right. <clears throat> um, I just can't think of the Chargers' record off the top of my head, but I believe four that they're four and two. Four and two. Okay, so they're they're above five hundred, but uh, you know. The Broncos and the Raiders have three wins between them. That's that's I, I never would have predicted. So, yeah, yeah. Well, what you can predict is your boy coming up with some great waiver wire additions. Did I not tell you last week that Deion Jackson <laughs> slam action Deion Jackson? That's not what anybody calls him other than me on this podcast and all fifteen <laughs> people listen to it weekly. But. If you picked him up and he was in your league and he was available, which he was in mine, he got you 29 points last week. I guess he told you to do that actually two weeks in a row. It was your boy. Me. Incredible. I'm him. I'm him. I'm the guy. So, with that being said, are you ready to talk about some waiver wire additions? Sir, we're talking rotisserie well, additions, dripping. Go ahead. Just uh, just a punctuation mark on the uh, on the broncos conversation going into these waiver wires i had somebody ask me about a streaming defense and without being able to look at what was out there i said well you know these days you might as well just see who denver's playing this week uh they're the lowest scoring offense in the league and so that's where they are now that you know you used to be like well can i get whoever's playing the jaguars and now that's the broncos if you're looking for a defense you might as well start by seeing who the Broncos are playing this week, and if anybody owns them, uh, well, we must, yeah. it's just a, okay. a great bye week defense. Is whoever the the Broncos are playing right now? <laughs> we will assuredly lose most of our Colorado listeners after that comment. But I'm sorry, that's um, uh, this is fantasy <laughs> football. It's uh, yeah. it's dispassionate. <laughs> we we were really working on that pipeline in Denver to be a, a serious listener count or view or whatever you want to call it. To just re- relying on those subscribers and. Trevor just basically put the, the flame to that match, and we no longer have. We probably won't have them after this episode. It's fine. We'll, we'll work on it again. We'll send, we'll send out uh, Christmas cards when the time be, time comes. You know, we'll keep an uh, eye we'll on donate. it. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll we'll donate money to the local charities in Denver. We'll do whatever we need to do to get it back. So, nonetheless, the rotisserie waiver wire, the drippings, the juices are here. We're here to collect them, turn this into gravy for you all. <laughs> That's going to be the new, that's the new one right there. Matt Ryan, starting off with quarterbacks, a um, 46% roster rate. 
going against Tennessee 25 in FPA, 25th in FPA fantasy points against. In case you don't know what it means, because I always throw it out there. And I'm I'm a medical guy. I work in the medical field. Everything's an acronym to me. So you got to bear with me. I might just start talking in acronyms one of these days. It'll be acronyms in general. It'll be my podcast, and you'll have to listen to it. So that, without with, with that being said, Matt Ryan turning around his season a little bit here. 37 year old. He's um, boy scored at least 22 points. In two of his past three games, 22 points against Tennessee in week four, 356 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Coming back to Tennessee in week seven, that's that's a quick turnaround. Played the division opponent twice in the first seven weeks of the season. You never see that. But nonetheless, after that, he's got Las Vegas in week 10, Washington week eight. So he's got a nice little uh, little setup here going on. And 25th FPA, Get believe this. Believe this. And this, is, this might be hard to hear. Matt Ryan is eighth in fantasy points for quarterbacks this year. He's and he's available in forty six percent of leagues. That's crazy. He's a bench guy, man. Eighth. He's an he's a QB one and he's still available in forty six percent of leagues. It's just because what happens, the media storm, we already talked about earlier, this media storm, this perpetualization that he's not doing much on that team is not it's not true. He actually is doing a lot. It's just he's not throwing a lot of touchdowns, he's not making flashy plays. You know Yet here we are with Indy being three, two, and one. I mean, they're got a winning record, you know. So my only concern with him, Nahi, uh, uh, Deion Jackson might be out this week with a quadricep injury. Uh, Jonathan Taylor still banged up. Naheem Hines has a concussion, but but they all should be playing. They're all just sort of nicked up. Michael Pittman's nicked up too. Alec Pierce, though, I'll get to him in a bit. He's gonna another one of my uh, my waiver wire looks or pickups or what have you. Um, he's been excellent for them. He caught a game-winning touchdown last week against Jacksonville. So, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought Matt Ryan? Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo going against KC this week. Um, didn't Oh, wow. San Francisco and KC. That's interesting. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a bit. KC is 32nd in FBA. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is the 13th best quarterback in fantasy right now. Rostered at 65% of leagues. I don't know how these guys aren't rostered. you got to be kidding me. Who would you rather go as a backup? You're telling me like Justin Fields, some guy you're really hoping for some some boom. Or would you just rather take Jimmy Garoppolo and get 15 points, man? You know, the Chiefs allow 26 points per game to the quarterback position. Five of six opposing quarterbacks have scored at least 21 points against defense. He's a start. I'm sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo is a start. It's a streaming start, if anything. But I think if you got somebody like you're starting some random dude, like Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not talking about anybody in this room or on this podcast right now this week, but <laughs> if you're starting him, um, you know, you might want to think about that one for a second. I'm going to throw in a bonus one for the quarterback position because I think this one's kind of interesting to keep an eye on because I love this guy so much. And he's going against Green Bay this week, and he'll probably suck. But Taylor Heineke, not rostered on any any roster, maybe like less than a 1% of, of uh, NFL rosters, or excuse me, uh, fantasy rosters, but... Um, you know, Washington is a really open offense. They're going to do a lot of things to get people open. Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, you got you got guys all over the place. B. John Rob, uh, not B. John Robinson. Um, I can't remember his name now. Robinson, the kid guy got shot, and he came back. It's a wonderful story. You know, they, Ter- Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, they got a lot of parts. I think Taylor Heineke has shown in the past that he's pretty capable of getting the ball out there, and he's a good quarterback. He just I I little, agree. He's not he's, guy. he's not your he's not your <laughs> typical backup. You know, I mean, this is a guy who's played you know he's he's had a lot of starts with this team and with this roster recently 
And uh, I know some of the fan base even think that this could be an upgrade at quarterback for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, uh, but we'll we'll get to my picks down the road. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The road is long. Um, and then two two veterans, both rostered less than twenty percent leagues. You got Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake going against Cleveland, thirty second in FPA for running backs. Um, I don't really know what the running back situation is in Baltimore, but Kenyon Drake. I mean, he popped off for about, what, 10 carries, 119 yards last week. Two big games in a row. Um, I like him a lot, especially with that 32nd in FPA for Cleveland. They're, I mean, they just getting torched on defense this year. I don't know what it's going to look like when Deshaun Watson gets back, if it's even worth starting him the rest of the year. But Latavius Murray in Denver. We talked about Melvin Gordon at the top of the show. You got Mike Boone. This is a guy that runs with a lot of power. I mean, Trevor talked about lot last week as being a guy he really, he really liked, and I said, is he still playing? I couldn't believe it. I guess he is. He's on another team. <laughs> so uh, 14th in FPA is, is New York Jets. They're on the road. Um, you know, 24% of the leagues he's rostered in, I think he's going to get a good amount of carries. They're going to have to start running the ball more because it's just it's just not a great situation in terms of what's going on in Denver. they got to get something going there. And then, um, let's see, do, do, do. I had my other person already lined up here. Well, he's playing right now, uh, but keep an eye on moving forward. Keontae Graham, uh, Ingram, excuse me, uh, with James Conner out, you know, Benjamin sort of banged up. Uh, you saw him tonight here. He's already making plays. He's rising two percent of leagues. He's like a PPR running back for Arizona. Of course you got Deion Jackson. He's, he's not rostered, but here comes another Colt. Alec Pierce. I already mentioned him. He caught a game winning touchdown last week. It's Jacksonville. He's tw- going against Tennessee 26 in FPA. 56% of leagues, uh, 50% of leagues he's rostered in. And um, a guy who's scored at least 12 PPR points in three straight games. Uh, 16 targets in his last two outings. Look, he's he's number two. And I call it offense. They throw the ball a lot. They threw it 56 times last week. If you're telling me he's not worth picking up or putting on a bench or a flex, I mean, he's worth in a PPR format. He gets you 12 or 14 points. That's, that's pretty good production. He's 25th. In fantasy points right now, um, that means he's worth the roster spot. This is a guy I'm kind of interested in, but I don't know a lot about um, New York, the Giants. I mean, their receiving core is completely decimated. It's just decimated by injuries, and you have Wandale Robinson, Wandale Robinson, excuse me. He's a guy that went in like the second or third round this past year's draft. Four catches, 42 yards, one touchdown of the season. Going against Jacksonville, 19th in FPA is Jacksonville. And honestly, a guy that like, it just has a lot of speed. Um, you know, he just plays really, really well on the on sideline sideline. And it's a guy like uh, if you're telling me he's, he can't be somebody that could, they could play in motion like Isaiah McKenzie was in Brian Dable's offense last year and this year in the New York Giants offense, I think he's worth looking at. Juan Dale Robinson uh, rostered in 12% of leagues, right? He could be he could be the next Deion Jackson. I'm telling you, I have magic about these things. So you just have to listen to me. Lastly, on the wide receiver end, Tyquan Thornton. Guy scored two touchdowns last week, equaled Nikhil Harry's three-year total. <laughs> Being on New England Patriots, Tyquan Thornton, rookie receiver for the New England Patriots. Um, I wouldn't play him this week, Chicago, but maybe he's worth like a deep roster spot or if you just want somebody to sort of be around that you kind of have some, uh, some interest in. I think he's worth adding because they're going to trade either Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar at the trade deadline. I really do think that'll happen. That'll open up a lot of doors to Tyquan Thornton. He deserves to be on the field. Um, okay, tight ends. And this is interesting. So t- 
tell me if you ever heard this, but Mike Gusecki is rostered in 37% of leagues right now. Is oh, that man. hard to believe? And it is hard to believe because I, I watched him last week, um, you know, playing playing against my Vikings. He, he's got great hands, big body guy. Uh, I saw him pick up a couple of first downs. I don't know that he ever found the end zone in that game. But uh, with Tua coming back, and we're, we're really just getting going on this season, yeah, Gusecki, um, you know, as somebody that has Mark Andrew, Mark Andrews in a couple of leagues, uh, uh, it's not a concern of mine, but Gusecki needs to be on rosters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Number one tight end in Miami, all they do is throw the ball. They're going to get Tua Tungavailoa back, I think you said this week or next week? He's back. He's playing this week. There you go. Um, yeah. He's worth he's worth the pick. He's worth the start. He's going against Pittsburgh this week. They're ninth in FPA for for tight ends. But um, if you've watched last week, that that number could definitely change. Kate Otten looked really good against against uh, Pittsburgh for for Tampa Bay. He's another one of the guys I've mentioned previous weeks. He's still a free agent. Five percent of leagues he's rostered in. But yeah, Mike Isaki, fifteen catches, nineteen targets, hundred seventy yards, three touchdowns. This tight end yeah, position is just sucking. You know? Well, and that's what so. I mean. Like the as long as they have Waddle and Hill healthy. There's going to be a lot of meat on the bone for the tight end uh, yeah. because they're going to stretch out those defenses. And Tua, as long as he sees the opportunities and takes them, uh, Gusecki's going to get uh, a lot of you know uh, uh, short passes, lots of opportunities for for yak. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I like I like Gusecki a lot. I can't believe he's only rostered in what'd you say, thirty six percent of leagues. Thirty six percent leagues. Yeah. That's Pretty crazy. Enough. Crazy, man. Uh, here's a guy I want to keep an eye on because I don't really know how he's going to be fitted into Denver's offense, but Greg Dolchik, I believe I said that correctly. He's a rookie tight end, UCLA. Uh, Mackey Award winner, finalist last year. 3% leads the roster in, 19 FPA is in New York Jets. Two, car- two catches, 44 yards, touchdown. Had a really nice touchdown on the right sideline for uh, for Denver. Uh, lollipop, but, uh, you know, it's a guy you might want to take a look at because if well, they got to get if, the offense going, then if it's going to uh, be somebody if, like him. If I understand the guys on the radio this week, he had a chance for a second one, and uh, you know Russ just didn't find him. Um, but the point is, is that they're scheming him open. He's uh, he's he's got you know uh, he's been, he's shown himself to be a reliable tight end. You know, he's not not uh, dropping passes. So uh, there's a lot of potential there. Um, but again, he plays for the thirty second ranked scoring offense in the league. They say Broncos country, let's ride, and the ride mm-hmm. is Mr. Ed or something. So it's not a great situation going on there. Let's move to the games, my friend. And That's right. Let's real, go to, real quick, go real ahead. quick with yes. fantasy. Uh, yes. Kudos to anybody that started the uh, Cardinals defense as uh, Andy Double O Dalton just threw his second pick six of the night. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> it's uh, never. Some things never change with uh, with in the NFL, you know. So, well, it's uh, just another day for Andy Dalton. <laughs> it's golly, you just wonder how many more rosters he's going to be on after this season, considering his performance so far. The old uh, what do they call him with the the Red Rocket. The, the Red Rocket. Oh boy, has he ever doing something there? Okay, um, moving on to the first game we're going to talk about. This is the, one of the more interesting matchups because. Atlanta is coming in at three and three at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's six and a half point favorite, forty-seven and a half over under. And this Atlanta team comes in, knows how to run the ball. They got a really good, um, just a really, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know, identity behind everything they do. Really well coached, really young playmakers. You got to like what you see in Atlanta, except for the quarterback position. And honestly, Arthur Smith's an excellent coach. And here they come into Cincinnati, and uh, it's the team that really is just fighting for its life every week. <laughs> what it feels like in Cincinnati. Yeah, every game they play is close, basically. No, the, it, it is. It is. Um, I do feel like they've definitely got Jamar Chase, the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection back that was that was missing early on in the season. Um, I I really like how how good a game this is. If I looked at this game on the schedule preseason, it'd be like you know not an exciting matchup. But here we are, two three and three teams, um, both uh, trying trying to stay competitive in their in their division. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to take Cincinnati at home in this one. Um, I do think that it's going to be another close game for them. Uh, with a six-and-a-half-point spread, I'm comfortable taking the Falcons to cover the spread, but I give the Bengals the win at home, and on the 47-and-a-half over-under, I'm going to take the over. Um, I think this is a great matchup for your fantasy players, um, not not just the, uh, the the studs that we know of on the Bengals, but uh, maybe some people we haven't heard so much about uh, with the Falcons because they are finding a lot of success on offense when I didn't think they would. So I like, uh, you know, Corderell Patterson, amazing start to the season. He's not healthy. Um, I don't know who their running back is this week, but I'd start him. Yeah, Tyler Allegier. There you go. his last name, but nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, some, some good fantasy options. Look, uh, Atlanta, not very good in terms of uh, fantasy points against. I mean, in, in quarterbacks, that's six worse in the league, allowing fantasy points against 10 touchdowns for six interceptions. They take away the ball a lot, but honestly, uh, so don't do anything more than that. Um, receivers, you know, fifth worst in the league. Running backs, 10th worst in the league. So for Cincinnati, this should be a game they pour on the points, honestly, quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm right with Trevor. I think you start the whole gambit for Cincinnati. Even Hayden Hurst to tie in, I think, is a fair play here. Um, Jamar Chase is getting back on the road, man. Getting back on it. You know, his, his ride is not Mr. Ed. It's, I don't know <laughs> who it is. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, what's that guy's, the, 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 the horse, the famous horse there. It'll come to me. I know a lot about horses. Anyway, going on to the Indianapolis Colts. This is a really, really, really interesting matchup. This is an AFC South matchup that, um, boy, we didn't see Tennessee coming back where they are at three and two. It's two and a half point favorite Tennessee over under 42 in the Indy Colts. I already mentioned top of the show here. Matt Ryan looks like he's uh, kind, of, kind of working into his own. He's coming back very well. It's bringing the ball around. Um, not sure what's going on in Tennessee. <laughs> I have no idea how they're three and two. This is a team I didn't think had more than one win before we looked at the score things today. Right. So quiet. This, uh, quiet. This is a tough one. You know. Um, did Tennessee already have a bye week? How are they just three and two? Yeah, they had bye week last week. Yeah. Oh man. I just, I'm asleep at the wheel here with the bye weeks. Uh, um, no, I I think this is going to be a, a close one. I do like it. I mean, tennis, Tennessee is favored by two and a half points, so uh, this is technically my first upset of the week because um, I like what the Colts are doing right now. I, I think that they're on a, uh, a a bit of a roll, somewhat under the radar, but uh, things are falling into place for what I thought would be the best team in their division. Um, and I think that uh, the Colts uh, really do, uh, you know, maybe maybe they don't 
have this control at the end of the season. But right now I look for them to take control of this division with this win on the road against uh, the only other team that has uh, given them any competition in this division. So, um, yeah, I like the Colts on the road here. Um, call it an upset, and I'm going to take the over on the 42. Yeah, I like the upset. I'm just thinking, you know, Tennessee coming off a of bye week, especially with, like, Derrick Henry, fresh legs. <laughs> you know, AFC South game, I know they get competitive. You know, the nasty division, I don't know what you want to call it, the down and dirty division, the, I don't know, <laughs> the Mississippi River division. I, I just, you know, I can't help but wonder, Tennessee's got a, it's a pretty lame duck defense. I already mentioned some of the some of the stats in terms of the FPA. So I think basically a lot of people in India are worth starting, especially Matt Ryan. I mean, that's that that one stat about the Tennessee being what did I say, thirteenth in FPA? But I mean, Matt Ryan on tear lately, twelve touchdowns, four interceptions. That's that's what their their um, their splits are for that. So that's third worst in the league. You know, I, I can't help but wonder. Just you know, start your start the gambit for um, for Indy and. But I like Tennessee, man. I think I think you know you got you got a fresh legs in Derrick Henry. You got a little little game plan action going. Mike Vrabel's a smart coach. It's gonna be a good game. This could be the the probably the most underrated game you'll watch on Sunday, in my opinion. No, it, I mean especially if if you are a fan of one of these two teams, this is a big deal. Both with three wins in the division. Um, I just uh, I like what uh, what's happening right now with the Colts. Uh, I don't think that the Titans are a pushover by any means. Um, and, and you're right, Derrick Henry is going to have fresh legs, but, uh, you know, some, some momentum on offense, getting those wins, uh, it does a lot for a defense and I like the Colts defense. I think they, they're, they're not been, uh, playing up to, uh, to their potential so far, but, uh, but I think that they can, and I think, uh, this could be their week. Okay, um, we're going to skip kind of forward here. New York Giants at the Jacksonville, J- Jacksonville Jaguars. The only reason I want to bring up this game, other than it looks lopsided on paper, believe it or not, Jacksonville is a three-point favorite. New York has never been favorited in any game they've played this season. And they're 5-1. and one. Believe it or not, 43 yeah, over mean, under. I, yeah. What's is, the what, Where's the love? Yeah, this <laughs> is uh, – well, and this is an interesting game. The Jaguars – are definitely uh, a team that they looked really good at the beginning of the season, not so much lately. Um, the Giants, a lot of people, myself included, there are were hesitant to go, you know, say we believe in the Giants because uh, they 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 still really are limited in terms of the talent that they have on their team. Um, I think that the head coach is getting the most out of he can as he can out of this team, and, and doing a spectacular job. Um, it's just man, it's it's really hard to uh, to believe that they can keep this going week in and week out. Uh, I think they are going to keep playing good football and disciplined football. That that's a credit to the coach, but. Uh, that's not going to be enough every week. Um, and I hate to say it, but I do think that, that this is uh, the Jaguars. I'd like to believe that the Giants can stay competitive in that division. And I think they will play some really good divisional matchups. I think they're going to give the Cowboys and the Eagles a lot of, a lot of trouble when they face them. Um, but I like the Jags at home this week. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville to win. Um, the three-point spread is tough because I figure this is a three-point game. 
Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say Jacksonville beats the spread. Again, the over-under is low. Um, you know, the, the Giants are going to get theirs with Saquon Barkley, and then it'll be up to uh, Trev- Trevor Lawrence and company to, uh, to answer and take control of the game, and I think they will. Um, so I'm going to take the over on the 43. Yeah, it's a New York Giants team that's, that's been surprisingly pretty stingy in the fantasy points department. But if you look at it like this, 23rd and well, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, I guess ninth best in FBA against quarterbacks, but seven touchdowns and one interception. That's what they have allowed. So they don't take the ball away a lot. I think this is actually a decent start for Trevor Lawrence if you got him on your team. He scored, what, 28 points last week. He had two rushing touchdowns. He threw two. He looked pretty good. The team lost, of course. I thought he played pretty well. And I thought the, the, the game plan they drew up for him at the goal line with him running the ball in, he's a big, strong dude. He's 6'5", 220. Give him the ball, you know? It's like, just, just see what happens. I mean, honestly, he could probably run some people over, and he's fast. They don't take advantage of enough of his athleticism on that Jacksonville team. So... Yeah, I think this is this is kind of one of those those games where it's it's bend don't break. It's gonna break a little bit for for New York. Um, that they they just are stingy across the board. Thirty second I mean, best against wide receivers FPA. Um, best against running backs FPA. It's 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 just a very good defense in that sense. I still think that Trevor Lawrence has a good game. And um, you said the over because I boy yeah you know, I, I, I like the I, I think over slightly. Here. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm into that slightly. They've always kind of went over against the spread. Um, it's surprising. It's just, it's just it's odd, you know, that Jacksonville would be a three-point favorite. They'll never pick New York. I don't know why. Saquon Barkley, I mean, expect him to continue to, to run. I mean, we've talked about Jacksonville's defense in the past. They're not good, not good. They're fourth worst against running backs in FPA. Um, yeah, I'm a big, big Saquon Barkley guy. I think you got, you got to start him against Jacksonville. He's just he's going to tear him up. Um, and that's all they really do is run the ball, and they, they just play hide-and-seek with Daniel Jones, and he keeps looking good. <laughs> well, and I, I, I know think a lot, a lot of the Giants' so. success so far this season is uh, they're playing a lot of mistake-free football. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I, I think that this is, this is all coaching. You know, they don't get a lot of penalties. Uh, they don't take away the ball a lot, but they don't give it away a lot either, and, uh, and they – as they say, stay on schedule when they're on offense, you know, good first and second down plays to bring up a third and short. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I think that the Giants are going to uh, continue to play good football. They're going to, they, you know, they've already uh, exceeded expectations this part of the season. I think they'll continue to do that, but it's not going to be enough week in and week out. And uh, I like the Jaguars at home this week. Yeah. Let's try to get these Denver Broncos fans back. We need, you know, I mean, the Colorado is a big pipeline for us, Trevor. You just totally, yeah, you, you set it on fire. So, and it, it's dry there. You know that it's really dry in Colorado. Very, very so, dry here. Yes. The New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Denver's a one-point favorite, thirty-seven and a half over under. Boy, Vegas doesn't like. Uh, you know, I think there's a West Coast bias there out there in Vegas. You know, we've, we've talked enough about Denver. We spent an, a way too much time. We, I don't think we talked enough about New York and just how good Brees Hall's been. Oh, um, you know, been Zach great. Wilson has been excellent in the way he's leading that team. You know, it's a, it's a team that's just got a lot of grit. they got a lot of talent. Uh, maybe they're coming apart at the seams a little bit. I don't know if you heard there's been a, some trade requests from some star players in the, on New York Jets this week. Yeah, you know, this is trap game for them. Uh, I guess they're 4-2. and two. It could be. They're 3-0 and oh on the road, though. They're, you know, road warriors. But 
Going against Denver, it's not going to be easy going to the mile high on a Sunday afternoon, you know? Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I do like the, the Broncos' defense a lot. Um, they're playing amazing football through six games. Um, and I think that uh, they're going to give Zach Wilson uh, a real hard time on Sunday. Um, in spite of some of the injuries on the Broncos' defense, they're still getting to the quarterback really well. Um, I think the Jets are due for a step back in the other direction. That being said, I do think that Bryce, sorry, Brees, Brees Hall, uh, he's the guy they're going to have to lean on here. If there's a weak spot, even just a little weak spot in the Broncos' defense, it's the run game. <laughs> they're not the best at stopping the run. Um, they're amazing at shutting down the opponent's uh, uh, passing game. Um, and like I said, they're still doing a good job pressuring the quarterback. Um, so I expect the Jets to give the ball to Brees a lot this week. Um, man, it's a tough one to predict in terms of a winner here. Denver, I'm seeing Denver favored by one point at home. Um, man, with, with everything you have to factor in here, you know, coaching, uh, you know, the the – the drama from last week's sideline and, and everything that's happening with the Broncos locker room. Um, I just can't put my faith in the Broncos until I see them turn a corner. So I'm taking another technically upset. I think the, I think the jets pull out a win here. I do. And a grown man named sauce was born. He, um, yeah, Sauce Gardner <laughs> played excellent yeah. last week in New York. Stirred up the fans a little bit there. You gotta love that. This guy's got he's you know he's he's, he's got chutzpah, you know, as they say. Um, New York's been very very stingy against FPA. You know, basically across the board in the uh, the upper echelon categories for running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. There's only one stat that stood out to me. It's seven touchdowns a lot, eight touchdowns allowed, which is uh, for the receivers, which is second most in the league. So. About 800 yards allowed to receivers in terms of receiving, but eight touchdowns allowed. I don't really know what that means, but I think if Denver can get it out and throw it to anybody that's not covered by Sauce, you know, in the red zone, I, I think they got they got a chance to win if that's the case. And they have a chance to get somebody on the board. Cortland Sutton, maybe. He's got one touchdown a year. But I like to see Sauce guard him. Guard him. Gardner. Guard him. Wow, that's a tough one to say out loud. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen. Let's move on to Seattle. A surprise three and three at the LA Chargers. Five point favorites at LA. Over under fifty. You got to figure they're gonna put up some points here. I mean, Seattle's offense has been nothing short of spectacular, if not surprising. And we know LA's capable of putting up points. Maybe not against Denver or any AFC West opponent as we <laughs> we've seen this this year so far. But they're at home. Right, you know? and and the Chargers are getting healthier, but they're still uh, missing. You know, I don't think Bosa's back this week, um, so I do expect a lot of offense from both teams. Um, so yeah, the the fifty over under it, it's high and it should be, which is what makes it difficult because I don't know if they'll see that many points. Uh, my gut says over though. Um, I think this turns out to be a real shootout in L.A. Um, man. There's a lot of really even matchups here. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with Vegas on this one and take the chargers at home. Um, but I do think it's close again. I, I think I got to take the Seahawks to cover. I like the chargers to win by three. Um, I'm going to take the over on the over under. Um, but yeah, this, this is turning as you know, when, when this season hadn't started yet and you thought that maybe even drew Locke would be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, Again, this this matchup wouldn't excite me at all. I, I'd figure the Chargers would be uh, one of those dominant teams looking to to win a, a, one of the best divisions in football. Um, but here we've seen them struggle. We've seen the Seahawks exceed everybody's expectations. You know, they traded away what we believe to be a franchise quarterback and somehow got better. Um, so, uh, so this one, I'm taking the Chargers. But man, this this could be a real toss up and it's strange to say it with a quarterback like Geno Smith, but this could be a situation where the team that has the ball last is the team that wins. So, um, I, yeah, I like this game. This is going to be a fun one to tune into. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go over the FPAs here because we know across the board, Seattle's basically on the bottom of every category. <laughs> uh, it's probably why they're here, but there's a guy I want you to take a, take a note of him. He's not fantasy relevant or anything. His name's Tyreek Woolen. He's a cornerback for Seattle. He's been number one PFF every week this this year. So he's been excellent. He's got five interceptions on the season already. If anything, no, I, if there's any any hope for Seattle, it's going to come down to maybe him making a play. Yeah, I, so. I've seen his name pop up this week. People are starting to call him the next Richard Sherman. Um, he's but, good at six uh, four. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely uh, one of the reasons that we want to tune in and watch this game. It's going to be exciting. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, he's still still trying to take that leap. He's just about as good as he was when he came into the league, which is pretty dang good. Um, he's still trying to take that leap to where he's he's as good as, as they want him to be, uh, as good as they think that he can be. Uh, and until he takes that leap, uh, you know, he is good for an interception here or there. Um, which is exciting football. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this matchup a lot. Okay, um, moving on to Kansas City at San Francisco, two and a half point favorite to Kansas City, over under forty eight and a half. You know, it's just a. We know who Kansas City is. I, I want to say San Francisco is probably one of the teams nobody can figure out. <laughs> right, so, right. You, you no, lose absolutely. against Chicago. You lose against Denver. You lose against Atlanta. I don't really know. I I I I don't know. I have no words. <laughs> if you can lose to Chicago and Atlanta in the same season, it'd be three and three, and you you just it's a conundrum. It's it's something even Freud couldn't figure out with all the all well, and about psychology. You know, so. we we have a we have a lot of season ahead of us. The 49ers have a. I mean, I, I'm not sure, but they may have more starters. They think they had 11 starters out last week with injury. Um, so this is a team that is going to get better. Um, I wouldn't. It's not impossible to see this as a as a Super Bowl rematch. Um, but uh, but this week I got to take the Chiefs. Um, I think it's an easy pick. It could end up close the way Vegas has it. It could just as easily end up a Chiefs blowout. Um, the over under. It's tough. I feel like I'm taking the over every every game right now, but 
yeah, I, I still have to take the over here. Um, but I do like the Chiefs to win, and I like them to win by at least three points, so I'm going to take them to beat the spread as well. It's You know, it's a tough game to call, Trev, and honestly, because Kansas City's defense is so freaking bad. <laughs> you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know if, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw three or four touchdowns out of nowhere. They're going to have Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to go off. I mean, it's going to be kind of a shootout. I think, I think you're right. Uh, I think I it's going to be a little bit be. of a shootout. Yeah, I'm surprised this isn't a Sunday night football game. It's too bad they can't flex things in the middle of the season like they can at the end. I'm like, I don't know how many people probably want to watch Miami and Pittsburgh, the next game we're going to talk about. But, yeah, I think it's all hands on deck in terms of San Francisco starters. Brandon well, Ayuk has been really good, too. Two touchdowns last week. Yeah. He's, he's a flex for me this well, year. This week. In, in terms of flexing games around, uh, I'm not sure the NFL wants – Tua's first game back to be a prime time <laughs> game. It could be, oh my god, could be yeah. ugly, man. Could be, you know, if he if he takes another hit to the head, it's like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, but I'm jumping ahead. Is is this our next game? <laughs> it is. Let's talk about it. So seven point favor, forty four and a half over under. We already talked All about right. who's playing. It's um, it's a Pittsburgh team coming off a big win. Uh, ugly at that, but they won. That's all that matters. And who do you think is likely to win here? So I, I do like Miami at home. Uh, even without Tua under center, I think I'd have to take the Dolphins in this one. Um, I, I, I've said it several times before. I really like the Dolphins' defense. Um, the Steelers, not the uh, not much of an enigma on their offense. you know. So I do like the Dolphins' defense right here. I think I might even be starting them in a fantasy league. Um, so I, I like the Dolphins to win here, uh, if only that, that I don't see the Steelers putting up a lot of points. They might move the ball a bit, but I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points on this Dolphins defense. Um, as far as Tua is concerned, uh, you know, he was out of concussion protocols last week, um, and they held him out. I heard different things about maybe a, a different injury that was keeping him out. But uh, I think it was the right move to keep him out last week. Uh, nothing to do with the fact they were playing my Vikings. But I think, <laughs> uh, I, I think that they should be ready. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like the Dolphins to win here. Honestly, seven-point spread is probably pretty accurate, but I'm going to take the Dolphins to beat that. I think, they, uh, I think this is – I hate how often I've had to use this phrase this year, but I think this is a get-right game. There's, uh, so many teams need get-right games. It's the kind of season we've had. <laughs> yeah, it's um, middling, but, a lot of middling. Yeah. But the but the Dolphins, they've got Tua back. They're at home. They're they're going up against uh, you know a struggling Steelers team, struggling Steelers offense. Um, I'm not sure their defense is 100 percent yet. JJ Watt is still out, I believe. Um, so uh, so yeah, I like the Dolphins here definitely. You know, and and it, the irony is that we're talking about like it's going to be a, a slugfest uh, or a slog of a game. These are literally two of the worst defenses in the in the, in the NFL. <laughs> it, it, you know, you never know what you're going to find here. I mean, and in terms of FPA, I mean, Miami and Pittsburgh are across the board, every position, they're in like the top five worst. With my, Pittsburgh being the worst team for wide receivers, so it's like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, start right, especially with two attack of Iowa back. I don't know. I, I just I, I maybe it's it's the masochist in me that wants to see something happen, likes pain, oh, yeah. wants to wait this out. You know, sadistic nature of of me as a football fan. But 
Um, I think it might be kind of fun. If anything, for fantasy point relevance, you might see some big plays. Mika Fitzpatrick, he's back in Miami. Just saying. Some cool storylines. Why no, not? I, I, uh, I like Tua this week. I'm starting him in lieu of my, you know, Josh Allen is on a bye week. So I'm plugging Tua in there. Uh, and uh, the wep- he's got weapons galore. We've already talked about most yeah. of them on this podcast. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think Miami puts up big points at home this week. Uh, so I definitely got to take him to win, take him to beat the spread. And, uh, yeah, over again on the 44-and-a-half. Chicago at uh, New England, 7.5-point favorites New England, 39-and-a-half over-under. Heard Max back this week. What will that mean? <laughs> uh, zappy fever. No more zappy fever. You're, the, the, you're, down, you're back down to 98 degrees. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting. I, I I mean, it's probably one of the worst Monday night football games they could possibly have right now, but that's what we got. <laughs> so um, what, what's your take on this trade? Trip, well, trip? you know, the the way these things are going, um, you know, I, I watched the Bears last week, and uh, I, I really do like a lot of what I'm seeing from Justin Fields. Um, it, it's not pretty. There's a lot of things to fix there, but I think that they can be fixed. Um so I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm not giving up on Justin Fields yet in terms of, of his development. Um, that being said, they're not ready to go in and beat a Patriots team on the road uh, the way that they're playing. The Patriots are playing really great defense, very disciplined offense. Um, you know, the, this thing with uh, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, uh, people were so quick to to start talking quarterback controversy, I think they missed the the bigger, more obvious headline, in my opinion. That's that the, the Patriots are winning games with their backup quarterback, and, and that's that's a real credit to the rest of the roster. That's a credit to coaching uh, from the top on down. And uh, and I I mean nobody wants to say it. Rob loves to hear it, but uh, the Patriots are looking good right now, and. Uh, I, I got to take him to win at home. Seven and a half points, sort of. Hmm, I, man, the Bears just, they're really struggling, and the, the Patriots are playing good defense, so I, I actually think that's a fair spread. Um, seven and a half, though. I'm going to take the Bears to cover because I think New England's going to win by seven. Um, the over-under, 39 and a half, that's tough, too. I'm gonna, I'm going to take the under on this one. It, look, it's a Bears defense that's allowed the most rushing yards per game, the most rushing yards allowed, the most rushing touchdowns allowed, and who would have thought? It's a New England offense. All they do is run run the ball really well. Uh, they threw it for 330 yards last week, but nonetheless, you know, we got Ramondre Stevenson out there, and Damian Harris could, could potentially be healthy for this game. It's going to be a tough game for Chicago. It's a, it's amazing how New England can always turn around and be just be like right back in the thick of things out of nowhere after everybody counts them out. It's weird. It's weird. Nobody really likes that on this podcast that people do that, but it's weird. Um, and so I wonder, you know, if Chicago even has a chance because it's really a New England Patriots defense start in fantasy. I mean, it, they're 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 just they've been on a tear, man. That that secondary is playing excellent, and that wouldn't surprise me if um, Chicago really has fits. Okay, we're gonna go quick, Trev. Quick, quick, quick. Detroit at Dallas, seven point favorite to Dallas, over under forty nine. Your pick should be obvious. I, 
I'm taking Dallas. Uh, I'm going to take a, a, a push on the spread there. Seven point win. Um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take the under on this one too. Under on the 49. Detroit worst defense in the NFL. Um, big starts for all the Dallas players. CD Lamb and I heard Dak Prescott might be playing on set Sunday. So if you're a Dallas yeah. fan, cross your toes. Okay, Green Bay at uh, Washington. Green Bay four and a half points favorite. Forty one and a half over under. Get right game. Hello. There it comes. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, I'm, I'm going to try to do this one quick, but, man, this is a tough one. Um, I think the Commanders are in a much tougher division than we all thought it was. Um, so they may, in fact, at 2-4, and four, be better than the 3-3 three and three Packers who have issues, to say the least, um, getting beat on the road in London, getting beat at home. They're coming off of two. Is that, I think they lost their last two. Um, so this one's tough. I'm going to take Green Bay to win, but I'm going to take the Commanders to cover. Um, I think it's less than a four and a half point victory, and uh, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I, I think it's like one of those things where there could be an upset. <clears throat> no, it, it really, it really could money. be. If you're thinking, I, I mean, I like uh, what's his name Heineke coming in. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of times it's these fun. guys have a great first game back. You know what I mean? I it's very easy for me to see the Commanders. Um, you know, going to three and four at home this week. Um, man, yeah, this, hmm, I, I'm trying not to talk myself out of my pick, but I'm. I, this is a tough one. I think. I think I am. I think I'm changing it. I'm going to take Commanders here. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the, no, the no. Packers. The Packers are like Denver light right now. You know, <laughs> um, they got a lot of stuff to figure out, and until I see them turn that corner. The, the the difference between them and the the Broncos is the Broncos started the season bad. Uh, the the Packers started with a loss to the Vikings, but they looked good. Um, they're 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 looking worse as the season goes on, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking Heineke in the upset here. Tampa at Carolina, 11 point favorite. Tampa over under 40. Dumpster fire in Carolina. Start everybody for Tampa. Is the goat uh, droppable com- in fantasy though? Is the goat droppable? He's not played very it well. It de- depends on your situation. If if you're not a quarterback led roster, then he might be the best option for you. You know, you got to look at what else is out there. Because um, I do think Tom Brady's numbers are going to go up as his uh, team gets healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a big showing from Chris Godwin last week in my fantasy team. Um, so I like how the Buccaneers are trending. And man, are they going to dominate this game? Um, so yeah, it's an easy. Easy for me to agree with you. Start him if you got him for the Buccaneers, uh, especially that Buccaneers defense. Um, I like Tampa Bay to win big in Carolina this week. 11-point spread. That might not be big enough. I'm going to take them to beat the spread. And uh, ultimately, I have to take the under on the 40. I think this is all Buccaneers. Okay. Um, we got Cleveland at Baltimore. 6.5-point favorite to Baltimore. 45.5 over under. Oh, Jacoby Brissett. What could have yeah. been? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you know, start start Nick Chubb. I think uh, you know he, he had a, a lackluster week, but that'll that won't be the regular. That being said, uh, I like the Ravens to win this one at home. I like them to win it by a touchdown. Um, and the, this is another one where I'm I'm going to take the under. I don't think it goes over forty five. Another easy one here. We got uh, Houston at Vegas, seven point favorites at Vegas, forty five and a half over under. Both teams coming off buys. You know, Houston plays just—they're just 
You know, they're 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 gritty, man. They you know they they get in there, they scrap. Damian Pierce is a really hard hitting running back. Guy guy will bowl you over with his helmet on. I don't think you can take him lightly in this game. I, I, the seven point favorite to Vegas is generous, and Vegas is generally pretty generous to their team. Pretty right, so and far. and the thing here is that Vegas, they've been close in every game they've played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't expect that to change. I like the Raiders to win this one, but I'm going to take the Texans to beat the spread, uh, cover the spread, however you say it, for the team that loses. Um, over, under 45 and a half. The way these teams are playing, I'm going to take the over there. Yeah. Uh, there you have it. <clears throat> that is week seven, my friends. You covered it all. We, I covered it all. We talked enough. Uh, I don't think I have enough uh, brain cells in my brain to keep talking. Although maybe I do, you know, got that little, got that Houston Texan frontal lobotomy going on. Jack Easterby came into my house and took my brain, brought it back to Houston. So, okay, well, that is, uh, that is it. Do you have any last words for week seven before we put a, uh, a notch in this, this belt? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's always not fair when the only undefeated team left is on a bye <laughs> week because they will remain undefeated for one more week. Uh, and they won't have to do anything to achieve that. Um, that. That's just what jumps out to me looking here at the teams that are on bye weeks. Um, so yes. congratulations, Philadelphia. You'll be undefeated one more week at least. I'm sure, sure the entire team is listening right now. They're <laughs> <laughs> probably upset by the words you just shared. Anywho, till next week. This is Football in General. We're at all the stuff on the Instagrams and the pods and the and the hell even, say even, not even. Uh, the, the Apple <laughs> Podcast. If you subscribe, review, you leave comments, you send it to a friend, you have a family member, uh, a loved one who needs kind words, or just somebody who deserves some fancy football respect. Meaning they're probably zero and five, zero and six, one and four, one and five. They just season is tanking. Well, your boy puts everything on a spit and he collects the juicings. Everything's on a rotisserie. When I talk about the waiver wire, everything is good. I collect it and make it into gravy, baby. That's what it's about. Till <laughs> till next week. This is football in general. We'll talk to you then. Till then, we're out.